Well, good morning. Greet each one in Jesus' name this morning. Thankful to be in God's house again today and been blessed with the, the service so far and uh, just thankful for the opportunity to um, look into God's Word and study and learn together and to have a God like we have and a Savior like we have that wants to speak to us and wants to teach us and grow us and um, just has so much love and patience with us. I'd like if you turn to Micah chapter 6 for an opening verse here this morning. <clears throat> this isn't where we'll be spending most of our time, but I'd like to uh, read a couple of verses here. Recently in our Sunday school, uh, we talked about, or we went through Micah on one, one Sunday or two, and we talked about this verse a little bit. I'm going to read Micah chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. We also talked recently about um, why we serve the Lord. Why do you serve the Lord? We A couple Sundays ago we talked about that a little bit and had some people share some, some answers about the, why you serve the Lord and God's worthiness and our, our reasonable service to Him. And I guess I'd like to look this morning a little bit at how we serve the Lord. And as I thought about this verse... Micah six eight, it gives those three, those three things: do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. And I wondered, well, <clears throat> how can we, how can we do that? What does it look like to do that? And I thought about uh, our perfect example, the Lord Jesus. And so, what I'd like to do this morning is take a walk with Jesus. And um, I think that's what I'd say the title is, A Walk with Jesus. And we're going to go through the book of Luke together and look at these, these ways that Jesus was an example to us of doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for life and health this morning. Thank you for each one that can be here uh, in your house this morning. And we pray for those who can't be here as well. I ask that you would be with them and bless them where they are. We do pray for each person here and uh, each heart and each soul in this room. And we ask you, Lord, to minister to each one of our needs. Lord, you know that we're each needy people before you. And, um, Lord, we just want to... Raise our hearts and our hands to you this morning and ask you to fill us and teach us and grow us to be more like Jesus. Lord, I pray as we look into your word and, and study the example that Jesus left us, Lord, he's your uh, beloved son and 
our Savior, and we pray that you would help us to learn and to uh, accurately represent the things that we can uh, read here and speak about, the example that he left us, and help us to understand and grow and um, to be challenged and changed where we need to be changed. Thank you for your love and your goodness. Thank you that you're a merciful God. And thank you that you've given us your word and your spirit this morning that we can uh, share together. Please feed us from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will be reading a decent amount of scripture this morning, so I hope you brought your Bibles and you can turn to the chapter, um, first chapter of Luke. And um, we will uh, just go through the book here. And it's taken me about two weeks to go through it and look at these examples. So hopefully it takes less than a week for us to get through it this morning. Um, so <clears throat> Luke opens uh, with the, the reasons that he's writing the book. Uh, he, he's uh, writing to Theophilus and expounding on the things that he knew in the life of Jesus. I chose the Gospel of Luke because I think it has um, many examples of practical uh, actions and activities that, that Jesus did uh, in his life here on earth in many ways that we can find these three um, characteristics lived out and walked out. So it gives some context and background uh, through chapter 1 about uh, what's going on in uh, the land uh, of Israel at that time, uh, it speaks of uh, he speaks of Zacharias and also um, of Elizabeth and uh, the uh, the coming of of John the Baptist, um, the prophecy and the uh, events surrounding that, and then uh, down through uh, verse twenty six says that angel angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And then we have the account of the, the angel describing to Mary um, what would happen, how Jesus was would be uh, conceived and born and brought into the world as the Savior of Israel and the Savior of the world. So then just uh, moving down through, we had uh, Mary went and visited Elizabeth and uh, there was the um, exchange there and uh, it was obvious that, that the Lord uh, and the Spirit of God was involved in the, the circumstances that were happening here as Mary and Elizabeth visited together. And then uh, first verse I want to pick out here, as we come down to verse 46, uh, Mary spoke of the uh, the child and uh, this uh, situation that she found herself in. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Verse 50 says, And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He that he has showed strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. 
So I'd like to notice in verse 50, it says, And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. God loves mercy. Verse 51 says he scattered the proud. And verse 52, he said he put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. And there we see humility. Uh, walk humbly with thy God. We see how God um, scatters the proud but exalts those of low degree. Verse 53 also says, He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. Here we see uh, justice, doing justly. And this is this is uh, speaking of God. We're going to move right down through to chapter 2 and look at the first footstep that Jesus had on earth. The first footprint that Jesus made in the dust of earth, verse 7 of chapter 2, Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Jesus' first footstep was walking humbly. He was laid in a manger or feed trough. Then uh, speaks of uh, the shepherds abiding in the field and the angel came to them. And verse 12, the uh, angel said, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Okay, so here we have, um, again, the, the way that Jesus came was a humble, uh, a humble beginning, a humble arrival. And if there was anybody in the history of time that should have come or could have come in a different way and been justified in doing so, it would have been Jesus Christ. So he chose to to walk humbly. Um, God brought him into earth with a humble first footstep. So then Jesus uh, was uh, was born here. The uh, Mary pondered all these things in her hearts. The shepherds returned, and then verse twenty one it says, "When eight days were accomplished, they took him to the temple." And uh, end of verse 22, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And they came to offer a sacrifice according to that which was said in the law of the Lord. So I want to notice here that um, this was doing justly. Uh, what, is, what is doing justly? It's uh, doing according to what's expected or what's instructed. It's doing right. And it's using uh, wisdom in our, uh, our um, carrying out the, the spirit of the law. And we noticed that, that Jesus was um, aligned with the law of God, with, with uh, doing justly according to the law. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written. And then in verse 24, according that which is said in the law of the Lord. I'm going to jump down to verse 27. Uh, it's talking about Simeon in the temple uh, there when uh, when Jesus was brought before him, the baby Jesus. Um, he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, they were doing justly again. Then he took him up in his arms, Simeon did, and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy, thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. 
Here I see again that uh, Jesus loved mercy. Wasn't it mercy that he uh, that God let Simeon live until he could see and hold the Savior uh, that he had been waiting for and that he was looking for, and that that this Savior, this baby Jesus, was a light to lighten the Gentiles. That's interesting that it wasn't just a savior to Israel, but right here at the very beginning of his life, it said he was a light to lighten the Gentiles. Jesus loved mercy. And then uh, Jesus began to grow, and we talk. Uh, we see here that uh, as as he grew, he waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. That's in verse 40 of chapter 2. And the grace of God was upon him. So he was doing justly, even as... As a boy, he was filled with wisdom. Um, and then uh, verse 45, 46, it came to pass after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Jesus was there uh, doing justly and um also walking humbly, I think, uh, as a as a child, I don't think he was um, behaving in such a way or in pride that the uh, that the people could not listen to him. But the doctors were astonished, and they they sat there. And in verse forty eight says they saw him, and they were amazed, and um, I think they listened to him. And there was a little bit of an issue there, though, because uh, Jesus was there in the temple, and Joseph and Mary had been on a on their way back home, and they realized he wasn't with them. So they came back to find him, and uh, that's that's where they found him, and that's uh, where we were in this account here. And Jesus said to them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they didn't understand that saying. So in verse 51, Jesus walked humbly some more. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Jesus was walking humbly. His mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Verse 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I think, again, that's Jesus was doing justly. He was doing right. He was doing what was expected of him. And he was using wisdom. He was growing in wisdom. Um, doing justly requires wisdom and discernment. And Jesus was was filled with that and was... Uh, was growing in it. Chapter 3, I'm going to move ahead uh, down to uh, the, the, the first part of chapter 3 talks about uh, John baptizing in the wilderness. And I want to move right down to cha- uh, verse 21. Here, uh, Jesus, we find him still walking humbly. This uh, spoke to me that Jesus was walking humbly here. It says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also, being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. The Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. You know, did Jesus need to be baptized? Did Jesus have to be baptized? Was it, um, Jesus was greater than John. Shouldn't Jesus have been baptizing John instead? Uh, John even admitted and confessed that Jesus was was greater than he. But Jesus walked humbly. He walked down into that water, and he allowed John to baptize him, and he prayed. I noticed that uh, there. I don't know if I noticed that 
much before in verse 21, it says, Jesus also being baptized and praying. I wonder what Jesus was praying at that moment. Verse 23 also has just a slight comment that uh, indicates Jesus' humble attitude and his humble walk. It says, Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. I noticed that and thought, well, if Jesus wasn't humble, wouldn't he have been going around trying to tell everybody the truth in, instead of letting them believe that he was Joseph's son? Um, Jesus was just uh, just walking humbly with God and allowing um, his his life to be observed and to be uh, people to kind of to think what they what they would without feeling like he needed to go around and stand up for himself or show or prove anything to anyone at this time in his life. He was he was quiet about that. I'm going to jump ahead into chapter four. We have the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, and the devil came and tempted Christ. And if, uh, if at any time our, uh, our heart, our, our humility would be tested, it seems like here Jesus could have, uh, would have been severely, uh, tested to, um, to put, to put the devil in his place. And he did in a sense, but he did it in humility, it seems like. He, he did it, uh, justly and, um, and in humility, verse 3 says, The devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command that this stone, that it be made bread. And Jesus didn't retaliate or react to that. It says, He answered him and said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That was a humble and just answer. And then the devil went on and he tempted him. Uh, he said in verse 7, If thou wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. This was a uh, humble and just response again. Jesus answering in verse uh, in verse 12, um, Okay, the, the devil had tempted him again and said to throw himself down from the temple. Jesus answered and said, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I noticed that he was he was directing the attention... To, to God and not to himself. He wasn't, he wasn't saying, um, quit talking like that to me or, uh, you shouldn't be tempting me that way. I can, you know, I could crush you right now. He was saying, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So Jesus, uh, verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee then, um, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues. And uh, the next uh, few verses, there's an account of one time when he went into the synagogue and taught on the Sabbath day. He stood up for to read. Verse uh, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he read, because he hath appointed me, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus loved mercy. This was a description of how Jesus would come and share and spread mercy to the human race. I want to just uh, turn to Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. 
briefly here. And then if I could have one volunteer to look up Isaiah 58, 5 and 6. Can somebody look that up for me? Isaiah 61. One to three, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Does somebody have Isaiah 58? Go ahead, Eldon. Thank you. Five and six. Uh, five and six, please. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Thank you. So these these passages just stood out to me as um, such a description of the mercy of God and how Jesus loved mercy. He, he that's what he came for. He came to to show mercy. He came to um, to bring mercy to to people, to the human heart. And and uh, the Lord knows that we need it. We certainly do. Each one of us, I hope, knows that we need the mercy of God this morning. <clears throat> so he went down through uh, not, not every experience he had in uh, speaking in the synagogue or teaching others was, was well received. And uh, he... He uh, the account goes on here and speaks of um, some more things that he was he was saying in the temple. Um, and then down to verse 28, he says, all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. I noticed right there again, he's, he was walking humbly. He didn't, uh, when they reacted in, in anger or in rising up against him, he didn't react and rise up against them, um, or, or put them in their place. But it sounds, it's just, the, the way it's presented here just sounds like he quietly and calmly passed through their midst and went his own way. And there I see Jesus walking humbly. In their presence. All right, going to skip ahead here to um, just a little bit here to uh, the account in verse 33 through 36. Talks about a man with a, the spirit of an unclean devil, and Jesus here had another opportunity to show mercy. Um, verse 34 um, says that the uh, the spirits were saying. Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? Uh, the man was being vexed, and Jesus uh, rebuked him, or rebuked the spirits, 
saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. So we're going to notice numerous accounts as we go through the gospel here in which Jesus um, reached out and um, extended mercy or showed that his deep love for mercy as he dealt with people who were in situations that had they were vexed spiritually or physically. They had um, either uh, an evil spirit or an ailment that they were um, that they were uh, oppressed by. And Jesus took these opportunities and he healed them or he delivered them and he showed that he loved mercy. I don't know if I found uh, an account where he had that opportunity and he did not extend the mercy um, to these people that came. So just a few verses down, it, uh, we have uh, where Simon, uh, verse 38, Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. So here's another opportunity presented itself to Jesus. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Verse 40, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Now I don't know how you feel after a long day at work uh, or whatever you may be doing. Uh, The sun's setting. It's finally about time to rest, finally about time to relax and uh, from your labors of the day. And uh, at that point, how excited you're feeling about people that would come uh, asking you to help them out with this or help them out with that, or can you do this for me, can you do that for me? Uh, the phone rings and you might have a, um, you might uh, see the name on the caller ID and like I, I don't have time to talk to them right now. Uh, I don't have the energy for that. Whatever. Um, but here it says in verse forty that uh, the sun was setting, and all they that had any sick with diverse diseases. This was probably more than one or two people. They all came and they showed up wherever he was, and they brought brought them unto him. And what did he do? He loved mercy. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And it wasn't just sick people, it says, and uh, devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them, suffering, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. There I think he was walking humbly again. He was, he was telling them to, to hold their peace, to be quiet. Um, he also, he knew that it wasn't the time for that to be revealed. <clears throat> Verse 42, though it says, And when it was day, uh, this was, I, I guess, the next morning, he departed and went into a desert place. Um, I think, again, this was Jesus walking humbly. He didn't go back out to the crowd to uh, do some more miracles. And it had said that they all glorified him. Um, he didn't go back out there to... Uh, to gather people around and do some more miracles to to get attention, but he went into a desert place. Well, uh, he was walking humbly, but the the people followed him anyway. The people sought him and came to him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. But he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. 
So there I think he was doing justly. He was going, and it says he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. So he had more opportunity to show mercy there. Chapter 5, it says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Um, here I noticed that as the people pressed upon him, uh, he didn't look for look for a way to get away, but he looked for a way to extend um, to to show mercy to them, to speak to them. Uh, he uh, he found a creative way to uh, to make it work instead of saying this won't work. Everybody get out of here. Too many people. Too much. Too much stress. Go away, I'm going away, see ya, I'm headed to the other side of the lake, whatever. He got, he went in the ship, pushed out a little bit, and then taught them from there. Then we have the account where he uh, helped the disciples uh, catch some fish. I'm going to skip ahead and go down to chap- uh, verse 12 of chapter 5. It came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of lep- leprosy, who seeing uh, Jesus fell on his face and bes- besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Do you think that the man knew whether the Lord uh, would be interested in doing that or not? He said, if thou wilt. So I wonder what he thought the answer would be. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed for him, from him. Jesus loved mercy. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So he said again, uh, don't, don't go tell everybody. Um, he was walking humbly there and he was doing justly here. He said, go show thyself to the priest. He knew, Jesus knew that that's what he should do next uh, according to the law and uh, offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded. So, Jesus was uh, was doing justly. He didn't say, you know, hey, um, congratulations, you're healed. This is just between me and you. Go have a nice life. Uh, he he said, you know, you've got some things to do now. We're gonna uh, we're gonna follow the law, the um, the the practices that are instructed for us to do. So he encouraged him to go that go do justly. Verse 16, then, uh, after there was, there was much more fame spread abroad about him, um, says he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. These times when I see, uh, when we see Jesus drawing apart, um, drawing himself apart into the wilderness or other places to pray, I think again it's a demonstration of the humility, that walking humbly with God. Because part of walking humbly with God is recognizing our need and that we don't have what it takes just within ourselves to to do even what God is using us to to do or to accomplish. So as we walk with Jesus here and we see him uh, going off by himself into the wilderness to pray, I think that's a demonstration of how to walk humbly with God. <clears throat> Verse 17 says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, 
and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. This is amazing there. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus was there, and because Jesus was there, there was that power to heal them, which was the heart that Jesus had of loving mercy uh, to extend to those people. And then the uh, we have where... Um, they brought the man in sick with the palsy. I had to wonder, though, in that in that ha- <clears throat> in that house full of people, it says that there was a lot of Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. It says the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but it doesn't really talk about Jesus healing any of the doctors of the law or the Pharisees or anybody. But I had to think that probably there were some things they needed to be healed of, and the the power of the Lord, the the mercy of of Jesus was right there. It was present to heal them. But did they, did they avail themselves to it? Um, somebody did. They brought that man who was sick of the palsy and they, they had to take him down through the, through the roof here. And, uh, I, I kind of had to wonder, you know, if, you know, this, this mercy of Jesus, his, his love for mercy, it was there, it was ready to act and maybe nobody inside the house was, uh, taking advantage of it. So they, you know, he had to, have uh, have this arranged for the man to come down through the roof so that he could extend mercy to him. Verse 20 says, When he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And then the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And then we have, uh, I'm not going to read all the details here, but uh, Jesus responded in, in humility again, and um, and justly he told the man, uh, he, he said, you know, if, if, that you may know that Son of Man hath power on, on earth to forgive sins, uh, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. So he, uh, completed that, that, um, expression of, of mercy for this gentleman and everybody there witnessed it. And, um, we hope that some of them at least allowed that to work in their hearts to, bring healing the, the the healing that they needed that the lord was ready to to extend to them as well it does say that they were all amazed and glorified god and were filled with fear saying we have seen strange things today so let's uh keep walking here with jesus and uh go down to verse 33 uh we have the uh a question uh from the scribes and Pharisees, they said unto him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? And here, uh, the next two verses has Jesus' response, and I think it was uh, a just response. He was he was uh, demonstrating doing justly here. He said unto them, Can ye make the children of the bride chamber fast when the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast in those days. So he was saying, this is, this is, this makes sense. It's practical. Uh, the, it, it's, um, fair. The children of the bridegroom, uh, are not going to fast when the bridegroom is with them, but there will come a time that they will fast when, when he was, when he was going away. <clears throat> okay. Chapter six. Uh, we have, uh, Jesus and the disciples walking through the cornfields. His, uh, disciples picked the ears of corn and ate. And there again, they were challenged uh, by the Pharisees for something similar here again. And Jesus said, have you not read so much as this, what David did when he himself was in hunger and those that were with him? He went into the house of God 
and did take and eat the showbread and gave to them that were with him. Verse 5, he says, And he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So, doing justly, I think uh, Jesus is demonstrating here for us that um, doing justly isn't just isn't just uh, following a letter of the law with no uh, with no heart behind it or no uh, only by knowledge but not by wisdom um, or or without wisdom. Um, he's he's showing that uh, that knowing knowing the heart of the law or the spirit of the law is part of of doing justly and walking walking with God. Um, he's he's referred to the story of David and also how uh, the disciples needed to eat here and he was showing that that God that this law was put in place not to not to restrict men from what they needed but uh, to uh, to outline how to observe the Sabbath in heart and in spirit. And verse 5, he says there, Son of man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So, as we, as we walk with the Lord and as we follow his law and his commandments, we do want to do exactly what he says, but we want to also do it with uh, understanding the heart behind it. We need to seek God and know God and know the, the nature of God. These men knew the law, but they weren't as in tune with the heart or the spirit and the nature of God and, and why those laws were in place, or they would have had the same conclusion as Jesus did. Jesus had an opportunity to extend mercy again here. Uh, verse 6 says that there was a man whose right hand was withered as they came into the Sabbath, uh, came into the synagogue on the Sabbath, and the scribes and Pharisees watched him, say, okay, what's he going to do now? And uh, verse 8, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up stand, and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then Jesus said unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it, is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Jesus loved mercy. He had this opportunity to show mercy again, and he asked in verse 9 those questions. You know, when we have the opportunity to do good and to show mercy and to extend love and grace to others, why would you not do it? Uh, the, the, uh, the Sabbath day should not prevent you from doing good. Verse 12 says, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Another example of Jesus walking humbly, recognizing what he needed to do to maintain uh, his walk with his Father. Skipping down to verse 18 and 19, there was another opportunity for Jesus' mercy to be extended. Uh, they that were vexed with unclean spirits, uh, and they were healed. Okay, he had come down. And stood in the plain, and all these people came unto them and brought, brought people to be healed of their diseases. So they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he and healed them all. So Jesus' mercy was just being um, extended to the people again. 
Jesus doing justly. In verse 21, he's talking about uh, what happens, the results of um, actions and activities in this life, and it's it's just. He, he was showing um, how there are fair results for... Um, for these situations, verse 21 says, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Uh, blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast you out for your name's sake, for your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did the fathers unto the prophets. So he said, there is, uh, there is a reward as you suffer in this life, and it reminds me of the uh, Sunday school lesson this morning. Um, that's, that's not, uh, the, the, the rewards or the, uh, results you get in this life alone aren't the, uh, the fullness of the equation. Uh, they will be rewarded, and even if it's not in this life, when you have an eternal perspective, um, the, the result of it is is fair and just, and and Jesus had the uh, an eternal mindset. Um, I had to think of, of the the difference between how uh, people can suffer and and not and, and be um, persecuted or uh, face uh, go against the flow, like we were talking about earlier. It's uh, having an eternal perspective or having a different value system uh, than than the people around that they would be um, that would be going a different direction. The value system that uh, that we should have as we follow the Lord um, will be those sufferings will be rewarded with blessings in the future and now as well uh, many times. Verse 27, uh, Jesus loving mercy. But I say to you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer to also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid him not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh, asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Jesus was teaching and speaking to his uh, to his disciples here, the people that were following him, and describing how to live in such a way that uh, it comes out of a heart that loves mercy. And I think that they could hear those words, those verses uh, that we just read, those words coming out of his, his mouth, and realize that this is just how Jesus lived. He wasn't saying, uh, do as I say and not as I do. He was saying the things that he did. He was teaching them how to live like he lived by his example. Verse 35 says, But love ye your enemies, and do good. And ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. And for us here this morning, love mercy. Be merciful as Jesus was merciful, as our Father in heaven was merciful. Verse 38 is uh, doing justly. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure ye meet, with all shall it be measured to you again. 
Verse 43, a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Examples of uh, of doing justly and things being done as as expected and results that are equal to uh, or or um, related to the action or activity to create them. All right, chapter seven. Uh, we have uh, an example here of uh, Jesus walking humbly. Uh, we have a, a man that came. Uh, to Jesus from, let's see, I think this was a centurion. Yes, verse 6 says, The centurion sent friends to him, saying to the Lord, Trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. So the centurion here was already admitting and recognizing that, um, you know, if anybody has a reason to uh, to be uh, humble in this situation, it's me, you're, you're above me. Um, but Jesus uh, responded, in verse 9, it says, Jesus heard these things and he marveled at him and turned him about and said to the people that followed him, I say to you, I have not, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So Jesus um, responded even to this Gentile centurion in humility himself. And he, he marveled and then he told the people around uh, something complimentary about the centurion and said, um, I haven't found such great faith even in Israel. So being able to to see and recognize uh, the uh, the good things and the um, about those around us and be able to point out and compliment them for those kind of things is is a way that we can follow the way Jesus walked in walking humbly and not lifting up ourselves or when there's situations where somebody wants something from us or asks uh, asks something of us and they maybe in the world's eyes wouldn't be worthy of our time or of our um, resources um, giving to them anyway. Uh, verse 10 says that they w- that were sent returning to the house found that the servant had been made whole, that servant that had been sick. So Jesus had found another opportunity to show mercy. He um, healed the centurion's servant, and right after that, they there was uh, they were they were walking along again, and uh, as we walk alongside, we see that they were coming in uh, to a city, and there was a, a funeral procession coming out, and there was a widow, and she had one son, and the son had died. And there were many people of the city that were with her, and they were all uh, in this funeral procession coming out. When the Lord saw her. He had compassion on her. Jesus loved mercy. He said unto her, Weep not. And he came and uh, he, he touched the, the coffin or the casket. And the folks that were carrying it, they stood still. And Jesus said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And Jesus delivered him to his mother. And I can only imagine how happy Jesus was to deliver this son back to his mother. And, um, you know, he just, he loved mercy. And this was uh, something that he did um, 
because of who he was. And it said that uh, great uh, that fear came upon them all and they glorified God. When we show mercy and love to others and they uh, respond with gratitude um, or or recognition for that, we want to always direct and reflect the glory to God. That's the that's the reason that we should even do these things is to uh, to bring glory to God. There was an, uh, an account about uh, John the Baptist, and I, I think I'll um, skip over that, but uh, we have Jesus responding in humility again when he was uh, brought questions about John the Baptist. He didn't, he didn't pass him off and say, well, yeah, he, you know, he, he did some good things, but I'm, I'm here now. You know, this, I, I'm much greater than him, so let's just talk about that. Um, but no, he, he talked um, respectfully and, um, and in humility when he even talked about John the Baptist, or answered those questions. Uh, verse 38 of, uh, no, verse 36 of chapter 7, one of the Pharisees des- desired that he would eat with him. So would that take humility for Jesus to go eat at the Pharisee's house? I think it would, uh, even though some other people in the community might have thought it's an honor to go eat at the Pharisee's house. Um, I think for Jesus it took uh, humility to go and sit at a table with the Pharisees. <clears throat> and um, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. And I think in the Pharisee's mind, he was thinking that uh, from a from a human perspective, if Jesus would have known what kind of person that was, he would have not let her do that. He would have been too proud to let her do that to him. Just naturally speaking, no, you know, nobody would let somebody like her do that to him. Um, or, or to uh, to even be be near him like that, but see Jesus wasn't um, he wasn't his actions and responses weren't directed by pride or um, <clears throat> or a uh, a sense of um, self preservation or um, making himself look good in the eyes of others. He walked humbly and he loved mercy and he. Um, he he knew what kind of woman this was, and he let her do that anyway. It was a testimony to the people that were there, and, and Jesus uh, Jesus knew exactly what he was thinking, and then so he he spoke to him, and he uh, he illustrated the situation, and and said, you know, that there were these uh, two debtors, and one uh, owed five hundred pence, and the other fifty. They were both uh, frankly forgiven. He said, "Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most?" And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And uh, then he explained the uh, the context of that in relation to the woman who had come. And in verse 47 he says, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. 
And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. So Jesus took this opportunity uh, to extend mercy to her. And he was walking humbly himself, loving mercy, and also doing justly. Um, In verse 50 it says, Thy faith has saved thee, go in peace. She extended faith and he extended forgiveness. Chapter 8 talks more about him going throughout every city and village, preaching and showing glad tidings. He was uh, sharing with others that they could um, know the truth. That was mercy. Down to verse 8, a strong word there. It says, um, when he had said these things, he cried. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So he he cried out and um, he let he let it be known that this was something that the people needed to hear and that he wanted them to hear. He had um, he had a, a deep sense of loving mercy. A deep uh, uh, it was deeply rooted in his heart that he loved mercy. We have the account of um, of feeding the five thousand in uh, in chapter nine, and Jesus did justly with them. He said they came they came all the way out here to hear the preaching. We're going to go ahead and and feed them. Um, and just move through that here. Um, down again in uh, verse thirty six of chapter nine, it says uh, this was right after the. Um, the transfiguration it says they kept it close and told no man. Jesus was still walking humbly and uh, and in, uh, having his disciples follow him in that as well. Verse forty one, forty two. He delivered uh, this um, person that had the the unclean spirit, healed the child. He was loving mercy and showing mercy again. Verse 48, he was walking humbly. Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you, the same shall be great. He was telling his disciples, walk humbly. Verse 62 of chapter 9 says, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Um, The kingdom of God is... Uh, is just uh, if somebody is going to turn around and look back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus did justly. I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 10, verse 20. Uh, he was telling his disciples that had the 70 that just returned uh, after being sent out, and they were rejoicing and saying, "Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through Thy name." Uh, he. He said in verse 20, Notwithstanding this, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Walk humbly. <clears throat> verse 33, he gives the, uh, okay, in some of the verses surrounding there, he gives the account of the Good Samaritan. Talks about in verse 33 that he had compassion on him. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. In verse 37, he said, um, he, he had asked the question, uh, who was neighbor unto him that fell among the, theme, the thieves? 
And the response was, he that showed mercy on him. Jesus loved mercy, and this is the way that Jesus cares for us. Chapter 11, verse 9 uh, says, And again I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that seek, asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Jesus was doing justly. He does justly. Knock on the door, and he will open it. I'm going to skip ahead here to verse 37 of chapter 11 again. Uh, another Pharisee besought him to dine with him. He went in and sat down to meet. So he was walking humbly. And then they had a conversation uh, about uh, not washing his hands first before dinner. And uh, so he talked, was talking to the disciples, I mean to the uh, Pharisees that were with him there. Verse 42 says, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and ye pass over judgment and the love of God. So, <clears throat> they're, they're doing, uh, they're doing things again here by the letter of the law, but they're not applying, uh, wisdom and, and judgment. They're not, uh, doing justly. But Jesus is, um, is challenging them to do that. And he's and then in verse 43 he addresses their pride. He says, "Woe unto you Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets." So I think he would um, be there again demonstrating walking humbly. Thinking of Jesus doing justly, I'm going to go ahead to chapter 12 verse 8 and 9. <clears throat> also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the son of man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Verse 30, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God, um, the principles of Christ's kingdom, and what he demonstrated was was just and fair. He he wants us to to seek first his kingdom and then all the other things will be added unto us and we will um, receive receive from his hand. <clears throat> Verse 34 uh, 32, I'm sorry. Uh, Jesus loving mercy here. He says, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Jesus loved mercy. I want to read a few more verses about Jesus' mercy. I'm going to jump to chapter 13, verse 8. He answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also. He's talking about this fig tree. And uh, somebody said about cutting it down and getting it out of the ground. He answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig, shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after thou shalt cut it down. I think that's a, a, a demonstration, again, of how the Lord deals with us and with people. He, he loves mercy and He extends mercy. He, he it, um, bling, brings joy and pleasure to His heart to give an opportunity, another chance, to those of us uh, who may be um, slow and maybe not, uh, not doing as well as we should be, and uh, where where justice might say, "All right, cut it down," Jesus says, "But wait, let's let's um, let's care for uh, the needs here and give them another chance, another opportunity." 
We have some more accounts of Jesus' healing in uh, chapter 13. Uh, I'm going to just skip ahead here a bit to chapter 14. Jesus again went to a Pharisee's house to eat bread and then had a, had the uh, uh, similar conversation to what had been ha- uh, we, we looked at earlier where it was um, talking about healing on the Sabbath day. Um, verse 3 says, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? They held their peace, and Jesus took him and healed him and let him go. That was the man that had the dropsy. Jesus loved mercy. He took this opportunity to extend it again. Then he uh, gave uh, teaching in on walking humbly down verse 8. He said, When thou bidden uh, of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room. Verse 10 says, When thou art bidden, instead go and sit down in the lowest room. And I think uh, as the disciples would have walked with Jesus, they would have seen him do this. And, and we can see from Jesus' example, that's how we should do as well. And verse 11 says, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So yeah, I need to walk a little faster here, so I'm going to try to finish up. <laughs> Maybe should have turned the activity tracker on, see how many miles we walked. Um, speaking of doing justly, chapter 16, verse 13 says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is um, practical, reasonable, and um, and walking according to the truth. Going ahead to chapter 17, verse 13. The, the lepers they encountered, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And I think Jesus' heart got happy and joyful. Sure, here's somebody asking for mercy. Jesus loved mercy. He was going to give them some mercy. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. And then he told the one that returned and thanked him. He said in verse 19, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Chapter 18 See, Jesus said in verse 16, he, uh, he, he called a uh, little child unto them. No, he called them unto him. This was when the, the people were bringing the children and the disciples rebuked them and tried to send them away. But Jesus called them and said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Jesus extended mercy even to the children there. Jesus walked humbly. In verse 19 it says, he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. And he talked to this uh, young ruler about doing the commandments or doing justly. And the young ruler said, I've done that. I've done that from my youth up. So then Jesus said, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. I think he was telling him, Okay, you've done justly, now walk humbly. Choose to walk humbly, because selling all that you have, you're a rich man, that's part of your status. Um, go sell that, and give unto the poor, and then walk humbly. 
someone cried out to Jesus again for mercy in verse 38 of chapter 18. Um, this was the blind man. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He called out twice. And uh, Jesus responded and said, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. Jesus loved doing things like that. In verse nine, uh, chapter 19, we have the account of Zacchaeus and how Jesus went uh, to him and he extended mercy to him. He also showed humility again to go and be in Zacchaeus' house. Uh, he wasn't a respected man in the community, but he was a guest. He went and was a guest with a man that was a sinner. And Jesus brought salvation to his house, verse 9 and 10. It was like the 99 sheep, uh, the one that was lost, says, uh, verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. He loved mercy, and he showed that to him, to Zacchaeus that day. Speaking of Jesus' loving mercy, I'm going to skip ahead to the end of the chapter 19. Uh, it says when he was, uh, in verse 41, it says, When he was come near, this was to Jerusalem, he beheld the city and wept over it. And he said, Only if thou hadst known, even now, at least in the, this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace. He wanted so bad to show them, to, for them to receive the mercy that he wanted to show them. But, uh, because because they didn't, then uh, the justice had to had to take effect. Uh, chapter twenty. I just want to look at a uh, few verses here, real quick. Uh, verse uh, ten through thirteen. Uh, this is the uh, parable of the man that planted a vineyard and let it out to husbandmen, and then he sent servants to the husbandmen. He said um, he sent a servant in verse ten. Verse 11, again he sent another servant. Verse 12, again he sent a third. And verse 13, he said, I'll send my beloved son. And to me it was um, showing this just this mercy extended and extended and extended. And then in verse 13, it was rejected. Uh, or in verse 14, it was rejected. And then justice had to happen in verse 16. He shall come and destroy these husbands and shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. So they heard that. They saw, they could easily see in this story or this uh, analogy that um, mercy was extended four times and it was rejected four times and then justice or judgment fell. And they say, God forbid. And I would say this morning, God forbid that we would reject the mercy that Jesus would like to extend to us here today. Receive that. Jesus loves mercy. He loves to give it. And show it. Just briefly looking at uh, Judas and the um, the betrayal, uh, chapter twenty-two. We we know the account of how um, Satan entered into Judas and. He went and uh, made the agreement with uh, those that would that would take Jesus and arrest him. And yet, in verse 14, we read that uh, when the hour was come, Jesus sat down and the twelve apostles with him. He let Judas be in there and had supper with him, even after he knew what was uh, in his heart. So, to me, that shows mercy and it shows humility. Um, 
verse 21, they, the, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. Verse 26, Jesus uh, said, But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. They're sitting around him at the table. He's teaching them. He knows this is uh, near the end of the time. He'll be walking on earth with them. And it seems that he's saying, again, walk humbly. Walk humbly, boys. He says, uh, I'm among you as one that serveth, as he that serveth. That's in verse 27. And they had walked with him his whole life and seen how he did that. Jumping ahead to verse 42, it says, uh, and Jesus was here in the garden, kneeling and praying, and he says at the end of the verse, not my will, but thine be done. He was walking humbly with his God. And that's the way that we can walk humbly with our God, is uh, surrendering our will to his. Jesus had another opportunity to show mercy uh, before he went to the cross. In uh, verse uh, 51, um, one of his disciples had smote the servant of the high priest's ear and cut it off. Jesus said, Suffer ye thus far, and he touched his ear, touched his ear and healed him. I mean, what, how would that be what was on, what would be on our mind at that moment when we were being betrayed and uh, taking to um, what he knew he was about to experience? But Jesus took the time to show mercy again because he loved that. We know through the account of uh, his interactions with Pilate, he walked humbly. He didn't respond. He didn't. Re- he didn't react. He didn't uh, stick up for himself. He didn't defend himself. Um, he allowed what happened to him to happen with humility and um, submission to God. A great extension of mercy in verse 34 of chapter 23 says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he uh, showed mercy to the thief that was hanging on the cross beside him. In verse 43, he says, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And in verse 46, we have a, a combination of mercy, justice, and uh, doing justly, and humility all at one time. Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. This was his greatest extension of mercy to the human race. As he gave his own life for us, it fulfilled the uh, requirements of the law. He did justly, and he surrendered again to the will of the Father and showed humility. There's also several verses in uh, the, the things that happened after his resurrection. I think I'll, uh, I'll leave those off. We've had quite a long walk this morning. I thank you for going with me as we walked with Jesus through this. And I would just say, um, verse 50, he says he led them out. And the end of the verse said he blessed them. And I think Jesus' heart still to us today is he wants to lead us and he wants to bless us. And then he wants us to, in verse 52, worship him with great joy and that we would continue um, praising and blessing God. Jesus did justly loved mercy, and walked humbly. And I didn't read uh, all the verses, believe it or not, uh, but there were over a 100 about loving mercy, 75 about doing justly, and 60 examples of walking humbly. And this was only the Gospel of Luke. 
So I would just say to us that, uh, and to myself, that as we look for how to serve the Lord, um, we know hopefully why we serve the Lord, and we look for how to serve the Lord. Focus on those three things uh, in the in the week to come, and think about it. If somebody could look at these actions that, or these words that I spoke, or the actions I did, could they identify that as an example in our life of that He did justly, or loved mercy, or walked humbly? And I think we uh, can continue walking with Jesus uh, as we go into um, the rest of today, the rest of this week, and the rest of our lives. So I would uh, just like to encourage each one of us to do that and, and to let all the glory go to God.